Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy V and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. We continue on. It's the 5 o'clock hour. Taking you up until 6 o'clock here tonight. Jimmy V and TC continues on with you. And very excited right now to welcome in our next guest. He's been with The Athletic for over a year, putting together a great staff at the All-American, their college football side of things. A local guy, Scott Dockerman, who we have on weekly here on 1700 Talking Hawkeyes. He is part of that group. Stuart Mandel joining us here today. Stu, what's happening? Oh, just a little bit going on in Columbus. So other than that, all good. <laughs> it's It's been a wild time. And, and let's start right there. Obviously want to talk about the expansion you guys have put together with college football at the Athletic, but the news that has dominated the headlines now over the past week has been what is happening at Ohio State. Right now a group of people have formed around the horseshoe with signs looking, uh, looking frankly, quite dumb. But, but that aside, where are we today? Open-ended to you, Stuart Mandel. Where does things sit with Urban Meyer and Ohio State currently here on this Monday? Well, you know, I think we got a key detail last night when the school announced who is on the board, and but perhaps more uh, notably that they plan to have this wrapped up within 14 days. To me, that means it's going to, you know, it's not that extensive of investigations. So they must feel like it's a pretty narrow issue, and that issue is going back to 2015 and finding out what Urban Meyer knew and how he handled the information. If it's that simple, if it's did he or did he not follow the school's Title IX protocol? then you know there is a scenario that that some people would have considered unrealistic last week where he would be back uh, if they just say, well, he he dealt with what he had to deal with and he he did it right. But as I've written and said on our podcast, I still want to know, um, Title IX repercussions or not, I want to know, why was Zach Smith on his staff the last three years? You had no shortage of red flags and warning signs. This guy should be nowhere near your football program. You preach respect for women as a core value. And he didn't let him go until he kind of got publicly shamed into doing it. And I'm very curious to know if that's part of the scope of this investigation or not. Um, Stuart, do you think it goes back that he's Earl Bruce's grandson and that was kind of, uh, uh, I I guess, the major factor in in all of this? Are you buying that or is that uh, an excuse? No, I think that was an excuse, but it's also probably the single biggest factor. You know, he, Urban, and, and he's not alone in this. Football coaches, a lot of football coaches are like this. They're loyal to a fault, the people in their inner circle. And there's no question Earl Bruce was a really important figure in Urban Meyer's life, and that's probably why he remained loyal to an assistant who, by the way, guys, it's not like this was his, you know, trusted um, offensive coordinator. Zach Smith was the least important member of his coaching staff. He was the he had never been promoted. He was the lowest paid. I mean, this was a very, uh, I hate to say it, but um, easily, I guess easily replaceable would be the word for it. Um, when you're Ohio State and you can hire any wide receivers coach you want. So that tells you right there that there was a little bit of uh, family loyalty probably at play. My opinion has changed from when this story first came out last week. I thought there's no way he would survive. And then very quickly, and especially like last night, as you mentioned, they're already putting a timestamp of when they're quote-unquote investigation is going to be finished up here. There may be a suspension, but I anticipate at some point Urban Meyer is going to be back on the sidelines in Columbus. Where do you sit with that? I still think it's it's less. I I agree with you. It's more likely than it seemed maybe middle of last week before Mm -hmm. more of these details came out. But 
I mean, they're going to have to, in order to, given all the scrutiny, given all the national attention this has gotten, in order to justify that he will still remain the football coach, they have to be able to prove without a shadow of doubt that he did nothing wrong in 2015. Um, and it may be that they're going to go out and there's going to be a paper trail and there's going to be emails and exactly how this information was reported and how it went down the chain and, and, and how he handled it. But um, he's already... He's not going to get fired for lying at Big Ten Media Days, to be clear. That's not a fireable offense. But it mm. kind of, I mean, it definitely hurt his credibility in all this. Uh, if it comes out that he's going to stay, is the AD Gene Smith in trouble here, or is he Teflon Man? Oh, I don't think he's Teflon Man. I mean, this is now the second head football coach in a row that's had a scandal under his watch. Um but right now, all we have to go on is Zach Smith, who himself is not credible at all, um, recounting the story of Gene Smith calling him and telling him he has to come off the road. And you know, he, I mean, it sounds like it does sound like Gene Smith knew about this or was informed about this before Urban Meyer was. Um, I think all of that's under review. But if you notice, the press release yesterday specifically said it referred to it as the investigation involving Urban Meyer. So not the football program, not the athletic department. Erwin Meyer. So I think that tells you where this is focused. Well, from uh, this story that's dominating headlines, uh, podcasts, and everything at The Athletic and everywhere else in college football, to uh, what you guys are doing at The Athletic, I want to give you a plug. I've been a subscriber now for a number of months. I was very excited when you guys announced that Scott Dockerman be making his way over. He's done a great job Mm -hmm. on the Hawkeye beat. Tell us where you are just uh, over a year into this in building the site, the college football side of things with The Athletic, and now a bunch of beat writers, including one right here in the Hawkeye State. Yeah, it's growing very fast. You know, we launched right before last football season, the 2017 season, with a team of seven national writers. And we have been growing so fast. It's been, you know, received very well that the mandate from, from my bosses after the season was, okay, now let's go out and hire some of the best writers in the country who are devoted to uh, specific major programs, and Scott certainly is exactly that. He's, you know, you look at beat writers around the country who cover a specific team. He is an authority on all things Iowa football. He has a great following of people, and so it was a no-brainer. And he became available um, to add to add him to this growing roster that is now seven national writers and nineteen team writers. Wow. And, uh, amazing. You, you, Ab- absolutely amazing. Go ahead, Trent. Doing a great job with it. So, uh, well, let's start, stay with Iowa and the Big Ten in general. Ohio State, a lot is still up in the air. Out East, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, along with the Buckeyes. Here in the West, it's Wisconsin and then everybody else. I know you're a Northwestern guy, so I don't want to ruffle your feathers at all. But if there is a team to upend the Badgers in the West, who do you have? Yeah, it's not, I don't think the gap, I mean, Wisconsin is definitely the, the team everybody's trying to catch, but I don't think it's a huge gap. Um, you know, I think Iowa is definitely the next team in line, I would think. The only reason I hesitate a little bit on Northwestern is we don't know definitively whether Clayton Thorson will be ready to go for week one, mm-hmm. you know, fourth-year starting quarterback. That's a, a huge factor for them. Um, but I think any time Iowa has a experienced quarterback coming back, a really strong and experienced defensive line, that's generally one of the years where uh, their teams rise up. So, you know, it, they can beat Wisconsin. I mean, I think it'll, that'll be the single biggest factor, obviously, and avoid those let-ups. I mean, last year, a huge win over Ohio State and then a really disappointing loss the very next week to a team they shouldn't have lost to. That's really what this team has to avoid this season. 
having a great conversation right now with Stuart Mandel uh, on college football. Let's kind of jump into this then with the way that the Big Ten is constructed right now and the way that the East matches up against the West. It's not even close. Will, in your estimation, will it be cyclical? Will the West come back or will the East be dominant for the next 10 years? I think the East just has more of those big brand name programs that are set up to succeed, but the West has added, you know, Scott Frost, Jeff Brom. Um, Northwestern just signed a, a uh, five-star quarterback transfer from Clemson. There's a lot of good things happening in the West right now. Wisconsin, as, as strong as they've been for two decades, is recruiting at a higher level than they have in a long time. So there's a lot of good things going on there. And then, you know, I don't want to put it quite this simply, but those teams probably East seem indestructible right now. If Urban Meyer gets fired in less than two weeks, who knows what will happen to Ohio State football after that. They've been... Teflon to this point, they didn't suffer any sort of drop-off, obviously, when Jim Trestle was fired, but every program eventually has that downturn, and when they do, you know, Michigan being a great example of the last decade or so, then suddenly that side of the division isn't necessarily as overpowering over the other one. You know, in college football in general, there there's always the divide between the haves and the have-nots. We talk about this in the Big Ten between the East and the West and those power programs out there, but nationally, it looks to be another season where Alabama certainly going to get there again. We're going to see Clemson there again. Is this a good thing? And then whoever breaks through, be it Ohio State, Washington, there's only a group of six, seven, eight teams, it feels like, that you can make a realistic scenario for them to get in. Is this perceived as a good thing for college football? We know that, hey, the heavyweight teams, those are the ones that get the ratings. Or or do you look at it on the negative side? Well, I think everybody in the country has Alabama fatigue at this point. There's no question about that. There's, you know, I know um, there was a lot of, going into last year's championship game, there was a lot of um, moaning about another all-SEC championship game, but then the rating, TV ratings came out for that game, and they were tremendous. And obviously, it was a great game that came down to a phenomenal play at the end. So college football is pretty, pretty recession-proof. You know, People are going to tune in every year, and they're going to follow the playoff race. Um, I do think Clemson's emergence, as a less traditional program has been a good thing for college football. I thought Oregon's run under Chip Kelly, you know, seeing some of these programs that aren't the, the tried and true blue bloods having success, some success is good for college football. But, I, you know, it definitely feels like Alabama kind of has a stranglehold on the sport right now, and everybody's waiting to see if, if somebody can knock them off their perch. Stuart, do you ever think that they will go to eight, that they'll get away from four and go to eight teams? Yeah, I think that the current system, is, we're entering year five of a 12-year contract. And I, I, at this point, you know, I thought maybe beforehand it would get, you know, expanded somewhere in the middle there, but I'm not sensing any momentum for that from the people involved. So I think it will go the full 12 years at four, and then once that contract's up, that's when it would, you know, uh, logically go to eight for a lot of reasons. The one is that we're seeing already that the playoffs, kind of suck the air out of the rest of the bowl system. Like, everybody is focused on the playoff race, and and it's not as big a deal anymore. I mean, when you see the star cornerback from Ohio State sit out the bowl game last year that was Big Ten champ versus Pac-12 champ in the Cotton Bowl, I mean, that tells you something about it was the devaluing of those games. So it would make sense to make the playoff even bigger and have more teams have a chance to be part of that. Stuart, always enjoy our conversations talking college football with you. Stuart Mandel of The Athletic. Subscribe today. 
great deals going on. In fact, Scott Docterman had a little uh, tab there for 40% off if you're not a subscriber. Stuart, we'll let you get back to watching those crazies in Columbus, all right? Thank you very much. That's Stuart Mandel joining us. And Jimmy B., Boy, have you seen some of the pictures coming out with the group there on the steps of the horseshoe? Unbelievable. Un- unbelievable. And they're trying to do the fake news thing. Uh, Get out of here. Just go away and hide somewhere, will you please? Ugly. Good God. Ugly stuff. Well, we need a break. We're coming back on the other side. Still a lot to go as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. Jimmy B and TC continues on right here on 1700 KBGG. News, talk, sports. Yeah, we got all that online at 1700kbgg.com. Summer is here, and when the storms hit and your roof leaks, it's time to call Wolf Construction. From a complete re-roof to just fixing that leaky roof. The roofing staff has experience working with many different roof systems with Wolf Construction and a knowledge of how the roof system works best for your home. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-225-8866 or online wolfconstruction.net Sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at indeed.com slash hire. These days, there's enough to stress about. Do I eat enough kale? Do I eat too much kale? What's the best way to sell my car? What color should I paint the kitchen? Well, at CarMax, we can't help you with the kitchen or the kale, but we can help you sell your car. Because at CarMax, we make real offers, not estimates. So you can sell your car quickly and get back to pondering your leafy greens and picking the perfect paint. CarMax. We buy all the cars. Yo, we driving, yeah. We living our best life and my car smells fresh. Yeah, but we weren't always driving, it was you, girl. Mm, told you so. Who pointed out that smell? That's right. Now it's all fun, the odor's gone. For Breeze car works so well. Come on, keep driving, keep driving, let's go. Oh boy, your car smells For Breeze car, yeah, yeah, let's go. That's right. No more odors in my ride now, let's go. Oh yeah, we made it so nice. For Breeze car, keep riding, let's go. And now the world can sing. Back to school economics from Staples. Today's lesson, get more, spend less. Staples has the top brands for back to school at low prices. So you get everything on your list without spending everything in your wallet. Economics made simple. And now Staples one subject notebooks are just 25 cents. And two pocket paper folders are only 15 cents. Get an A in back to school today at your local Staples. The back to school specialty store. While supplies last, offer ends 8 11, 18. In store only. Limit 5 on folders, 30 on notebooks. An old favorite is back again with a new and updated menu, Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu, made from scratch everyday recipes that have stood the test of time. Dinner with friends, a night out, or just stop by to watch the ball game. Make it Bennigan's, Merle Hay Road. You're with friends at Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. 
Walkers, families, friends, and supporters will gather at Principal Park on October 6th for the Des Moines Walk to Defeat ALS, where they will celebrate their support and help raise awareness of the disease. ALS is a progressive neurodegenerative disease that affects nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord. Eventually, people with ALS will lose the ability to initiate and control muscle movement, which often leads to total paralysis and death within two to five years of diagnosis. For reasons unknown, veterans are twice as likely to develop ALS. To join our fight of ending ALS, visit walktodefeatals.org. The Arizona Iowa Baseball Company has become a one-stop shop for all of your field product needs. Arizona Iowa Mounds can provide you with anything to make your field look great and play great from portable pitching mounds to field products and equipment. With multiple items stocked for the season, Arizona Iowa Mounds offer same-day delivery on stocked items and free field consultant to Iowa Little Leagues, high schools, and colleges. And individual lessons are available for baseball and softball players at their location. 3976 Northwest Urbandale Drive, the Arizona Iowa Baseball Company. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Back at it here, Jimmy B and TC continues on as we welcome in our buddy Wolfgang. You can find him on Twitter at Wolfgang Hawkeye as we talk the world of sports with you on a local level each and every week with Wolfgang. How was the weekend, my man? Not too bad, not too bad. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. Got a little rest and relaxation over the weekend and out back at it here on a Monday and all systems go football. You know, we are just... Uh, Two and a half weeks away from the opening of high school football. In fact, week zero will be on the 17th, but week one, August 24th, high school football will be here. And uh, college football then the week after that. It goes fast. The summer, sometimes there can be some lulls in there, but we've had plenty to talk about this summer, Wolfgang. No, and I, I normally think that. Like, I, like, by now I'm usually sick and tired of talking about football. I'm not for some reason yet. I may get there in a couple weeks. I don't know. Where You get to the point where let's go. Let's watch Max, and I'm sick of looking at starters that are there, starters that aren't there. I can't remember what the hell happened last year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just stuff gets out of your mind, and then you reread it, and you go, oh, yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, to it getting here, but, um, but you know, it's fine. We're good. I'm good. Or maybe you're sick of it, Trent. You do it every day. No, no, I'm, I'm good. This has been a, a good summer. I think a lot to talk about on the local level. It has been good. I, I have not minded the least this summer. There's been some bad ones. This was not one of them. There's been plenty of things out there. And then we get to August and oh, we're all systems go. We're going to be great. And then the Urban Meyer story comes out. And that obviously on a regional level with the Big Ten is obviously very big. But you couple that with what's also happening on the local level. Matt Campbell gets thrown into the mix. People talking about him. If the Ohio State job would come open. Before we get to that though, Urban Meyer just in general, as it sits here One of the things that I mentioned from the get-go, 
is I could see Ohio State looking to stretch this thing out, let the fire die down a little bit, and then, well, we're going to send Urban Meyer to sensitivity training. He's going to learn more about what to do in these situations, but he's back as a coach. And I went from the very beginning, think he was going to be fired, to today thinking that he's going to be back. This has been a wild week for Ohio State football and Urban Meyer. No, like Trent, the stuff that, yeah, you said put the fire out, that's exactly what they should do. I don't know what you think they should do, but people right off when they hear certain things go cray-cray, mm-hmm. and then a lot of times um, their mind changes when they get more information or think about it, and they're not emotional. We're human beings. We're not robots. So, yeah, I mean, if I was doing the same thing, if I were the PR people at Ohio State, I'd probably do something similar to that. Um, I didn't read exactly everything he said or how, what he came out and said. But, yeah, if, I mean, if you're them, I think you play this out a little bit, let a little bit of information out to the people. If you're Urban Meyer, that's what you want. Because I think people get emotional at first, and then they kind of go in other directions. You look at what's happening with Michigan State. I mean, so that's two Big Ten programs, Trent. That are we 100% sure what's going to happen with Michigan State? No. I, as it pertains to the football, the basketball program, yeah, I mean, that was a huge story, and it seems like it's gone away. You know what I mean? It sounded horrible and terrible at the time, and I would think the day after you heard about all that stuff, you would have said, yeah, they both gone. That athletic program is dead. Well, no, you, 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 know, you let it go a little bit. You think a little bit about it more. I don't know. I mean, it looks like they're going to get through this over at Michigan State. Then you look at all the FBI things with the, the basketball program. We're all hyperventilating at all of them, cheating and giving money this year and there. I wasn't necessarily because I – know it happens, and, and I don't like it that it happens, but whatever. Um, and that's all gone away. Where'd the FBI basketball story stuff go, Trent? I was going to Google that before I went on. That's just, I mean, where has that gone? It's a great question. And, uh, you know, Kansas's name got thrown in again during an investigation, what, a few weeks back, maybe even a month ago now. But you're right. It's. I think it's something that maybe we have to realize a little bit more commentating on sports is sometimes you get caught up in the initial reaction the vitriol anger that can come out look big picture look wide-ranging and that's one of the reasons I I thought that this would be the only you know people were saying well the only way Urban Meyer is going to be able to save his job is if he throws his wife under the bus and I said no 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 (laughs) the the way that he does this is for Ohio State to basically do exactly what they're doing let the things simmer let it settle down, die down, and then when everybody has their initial reports and they can comb through some things and there's some inaccuracies coming out from Brett McMurphy's article, and because of all that, well, suddenly it doesn't look quite as bad and you're able to go through and you're able to pull out of that. And I think that's what's going to happen here for Ohio State. Now, at a yeah. local level... and those, But, Trent, real quick, those yeah. people that put out fires to me, I think there should be a reality show on that. I would, I, are you serious? How much fun would that be? The guy that has to put out fires in big business or for the president or for big sports people or for coaches or for, to me, that would be so fun. It's so interesting to see, like, to think what they think, how they want to get their message across the, you know, people on Twitter or, you know, over TV or radio or whatever, try to get their message out versus what's being reported. I get to the point where I almost don't believe anything anymore. I was talking to uh, a friend of mine and I was talking about, you know, I actually believe um, and I'm trying to think of the NBA, uh, Woj, Wojnarowski, is that how you say his name? Yeah, yeah. Woj. Like, I believe him more than anybody, basically, reporter in politics, 
sports, religion, faith. Uh, it's just crazy. Like I believe when that guy said something, it's pretty much always true because they know he has so many connections. They'll ruin him if they lie to him. They don't have that in politics anymore. Everybody's wrong on stuff. It's just embarrassing. I used to get mad at the sports media. The sports media is actually better now than politics. It's just anyway. I don't know why I went off on that tangent, but I did. That's all right. Well, we'll bring you back in. Let's bring it to the local level now. When it looked like he was going to lose the job, Urban Meyer, it appeared that Matt Campbell could be a name that is going to be talked about. An Ohio guy, lived there 34 of his 38 years. And and I think the more surprising component to that, at least to me, is we talked to here in our programs a couple of Ohio guys but that both cover Ohio State on a local level and also people that cover college football on a national. Bill Bender with the Sporting News has lived in Ohio basically his whole life. Went to Ohio U. He knows Ohio sports inside and out. That was the name that he brought up. And, in fact, he said if there is an opening, Matt Campbell would be the guy that would get the job. That's what he had heard at that point. Then Ken Silverstein, who covers Ohio State on the beat, he said absolutely. The guy that comes on with you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. He he came out and he said absolutely Matt Campbell is being bandied about. This is a guy that is known in Ohio circles. This isn't just us. Trying to put a local spin, sometimes maybe we go a little too far with that, but that's what we do here uh, in local radio. That's what you do to bring it back home. This wasn't that, though. This went much deeper than that. Alas, Cyclone fans, at least it appears to me, can breathe a sigh of relief. But Matt Campbell, that guy's star continues to rise, and if he puts together another great season, a year that the Big 12 appears to be as open as I can remember it. Remember it. You put together an eight, nine, dare I say, ten win season. <laughs> uh, I mean, everybody's going to come calling. But at that point, why are you leaving? Right. Well, if let, let, think about what you just said there. So, if Ohio State ends up firing Urban Meyer, I probably don't think they're going to. I don't know if yeah. you have an opinion now. You want to go true false on that? No, I, Over, I, I, Urban I think, Meyer will be fired. Yes, true or false? False, false. He will be on the sidelines in twenty eighteen. Okay, so Matt Campbell. Now, I don't know as much about these guys as you do. You have uh, one of the guys on with you, and then you said Bender. So mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not familiar with them as much as possible. I think one of the underrated things about when people are trying to break stories and why certain people that are really famous or really big time and why they give certain opinions is you need to connect the dots. Do either of those guys have any sort of manager or any sort of agent that is connected with Bill K- or with uh, Matt Campbell, because you find that stuff all the time. You understand? You don't understand why somebody's giving a certain opinion sometime, and then you go, "Oh, it's because they have the same agent. It's because they have the same PR." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Have yeah. we looked far into that? I don't know the Bill Bender guy. I don't know anything about him. Uh, he works. He writes for the Sporting News. He's our national college football writer. No, I don't think that him and uh, I don't see him having the same agent. No. So he clearly says Matt Campbell's legit. Yes. A national writer goes out of his way to say Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I mean that guy knows his stuff then. Uh, and a national writer that's lived in Ohio basically his whole life, that knows Ohio State, that knows the state, that knows the name, Matt Campbell to go along with it. Let me hear, uh, Bender was with us on Thursday, and I know you like to go back to Actually, to yes, podcast. I have heard him before. He pisses me off sometimes, right? <laughs> he might, he might. And I, I think I texted you once, I'm like, I hate this guy, but I actually like this guy. I don't know. I hated him and liked him at the same time. You, you get your panties in a bunch from time to time. About you know what? Time. That's what life's all about sometimes. Just <laughs> let yourself go. Let yourself go. I want to get your thoughts, though, on Matt Campbell. And, and going forward, I know you talk to a lot of Cyclone fans. The excitement, it's palpable, as it should be, 
taking them in your number two to a bowl game, the win against Memphis, going there, basically a road game, though the stadium was 50-50. It was a great induction into what Matt Campbell can be and the excitement and the level of player that he's bringing in. This is not something we've seen at Iowa State in a long time. Yeah, and I'm pumped about this. And we, we usually talk for 20 seconds about what we want to talk about. Let's, let's talk Iowa State today, and we'll go, uh, we'll go Iowa on Friday. About, I want to talk about recruiting a little bit. But Matt Campbell, just talking with some Iowa State fans, and I think we talked, I mean, just a smidgen about this a few weeks ago, and we kind of brought up the Matt Campbell. Is he going to go somewhere? And I told you the Iowa State fans that I was, were talking to that they weren't feeling good about it. They were nervous. And it's, just, it's a weird opinion to have, you know what I mean? When you're talking about your coach and you're, you're worried and you've ang- you got a little bit of anxiety because your coach is too good. Isn't that kind of weird? So everybody else is say- like everybody would say, oh, I want you know, to have the best coach at my school. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. That's the goal, to have the best coach at my school. Or is it? You know what I mean? He, they love their coach so much at Iowa State, but guess what? It's looking like everybody else does. And you're telling me national writers and stuff have that. And if they do, they'll get that. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. I think the dude is legit. I think Matt Campbell is sincerely legit. This isn't homerism. This isn't you know Kool-Aid drinking. Do I root for the, all Iowa teams? Yes, I do. So you can say to a certain extent, maybe it's Kool-Aid. But I think at some point, um, Matt Campbell is going to have the opportunity to hit a program like that. When is that? I don't know. And it's going to be interesting, and I know Iowa State fans are going to hate everybody, whether it's Randy Peterson or Trent Condon or Wolfgang or whoever it is talking about it. At some point, they're just going to be like, make me puke. I just you know, gagged in my mouth. You remember back in the day with Kirk Ferentz? We love Kirk Ferentz, Trent. Yeah. Remember, remember back in the day, I'm trying to think, so it was Cleveland Browns or was it Baltimore, and then it was Indianapolis Colts. Uh, GM said a ton of good things about Kirk. And every year, I was like, connect the dots, people. Is this really happening? Is this really happening? Because there was there were some dots to be connected there back in the day. That was so long ago, Trent. My brain is fuzzy on that. There's cobwebs in there. Do you remember any of those debt dots that could be could have been connected back in those days? There were Baltimore, Cleveland, and then I think the the Colts GMs had had some sort of not saying they weren't interested in Kirk because I think they were. He was a good coach, but at some point we remember we just wanted to vomit. Yeah, it was like enough, man, enough. I don't know if you're just doing it and your agent is a freak of nature in a good way. I mean, trying to get your guy more money, isn't that what you're supposed to do at some point? But guess what, Trent? That can backfire. At some point, the fan base goes, enough. Yeah. This is exhausting me. We want you here. Are you an Iowan or not? Are you an Iowan or not? We know you're a great guy, but we're sick of this. And that's where the Matt Campbell thing will get to, and that's where I got with Kirk Ferentz. I was like, all right, if you're just milking this for more money, I get it. Why not? It's not taxpayer money. Whatever I get, Milk it. Maybe you'll have to raise the price of a ticket a dollar. It's okay. Whatever. I was fine with it. But at certain points you go, and I think Kirk has gotten this because he could have gotten a raise. He, so <laughs> He's he, gotten plenty of raises. Not lately, has he? Eh, last contract. is he given that nice. to the coaching staff? is he given it to Brian and to Ken? Didn't I see that come out a few weeks ago? So I think he realizes maybe that's because it actually puts more pressure on him when he's a top ten paid coach. Because people don't get that because we're not a top 10 team. They don't realize it's a little bit harder in Iowa. It's the dumbest damn argument I've ever heard in my life that just because you're not a top 10 team, you can't be paid like a top 10 coach. You get what I'm saying? I do. 
I do. And there's certainly a lot of that out there. And, and you're right. If you don't know the national perspective of what Iowa is and the difficult nature and how many D1 players come through the state and all those different things, yeah, you look from it afar and you're saying, well, why, why is Kirk Ferentz the 12th highest paid coach in college football when he's only in 19 years finished in the top 25 six times? You, you can point to that. Now, people will come back the other way and say, well, of those six, five of them were in the top ten. That's pretty good in its own right. You can go back and forth. You can so say that again. Five out of how many? So five out of 20 were top top ten, right? Top eight, really, right? Uh, yes, yes. Of those, yeah, one season where they finished in the top 25 without being in the top ten, but those five seasons were at the top end, finishing in the top ten. You can play with the math however you so want. So we kind of trend. It's funny. So this is something that should go into our thinking on WNLs this year. We either really get it done. Yep. Or we don't. Yes, and that goes. Is that into, fair? No, that that's been my line of thinking. If if I think when I make my official season prediction, if I really believe that this team is going to be a lot better than they've been in the past, then go all the way and say they're going to go eleven and one. And if you don't, <laughs> so we're going seven and five or ten and two. Is that what we're yeah, kind of doing? R- right. Oh, right. I think we just came up with something. Maybe you've already said it before, but yeah, that's kind of interesting how you say that. Because a couple weeks ago, Ken and I, we went through, and it was back in July, our kind of final W and L before we actually make our official predictions right before the year, and we both came out to 8-4, and 7-5, and five, right in that range. I think both of us were right there, but does it make sense to do that? Or Because I do think this ch- team has a chance. I really think they have a chance with the schedule, with the quarterback back, with some threats on the outside, we'll see if those guys ascend forward. I, I think there's a chance there. The what about the line. tight ends, Trent? Oh, it, it's ridiculous. You know, good. we love the same guy, even though Noah Fant's going to be, what, a first, second rounder? Yeah. I think we love the same guy. TJ High School tape. Yeah. Yes, love that dude. And, oh and I'm gosh. a big Sean Byer fan, and I like weeding as a blocker, and we haven't even brought up a, a guy whose dad was an All-American. And Cook, I mean, <laughs> we're talking five deep at that position. Defensive ends with A.J. Epinesa. You saw at times he flashed last year. Now a year going through the weight room and everything else. Look, there, there's an opportunity here. That's what I get into with Iowa. If you're going to, if you're going to go all in, go all in with the Hawkeyes. The chances there. Does it come down to simply, though, get through September? If I was 4-0 through September, they're going to be great this year. Is, is that too simple? No, because I think we were ahead of the curve on that sucker. We were breaking down the non-con without just giving Iowa wins in every single game because it's absolutely stupid to do that. Completely stupid yes. to give wins over Northern Illinois. We broke that down hardcore. That is not – we can break that down in a few weeks when it's closer, but we did that. That's no gimme at all. Iowa State's not a gimme. You and I should be a gimme. Again, it's not. So, I mean, you can sit here and go win, 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 win. Easy. If you're a Kool-Aid drinker, that's fine. That's fun radio, too. Yeah. But I don't want to do that. I, if you look at this seriously and you want to be right, but it's very interesting because I hadn't really thought about that until you were breaking off the, well, five, was it, you said five, so five top ten finishes, which means top eight finishes, and then we only had one other time where we were top 25. Is that right? Yeah, the 2008 season that they beat South Carolina in the Outback Bowl. Other than that, Top ten or bust. That's the Hawkeyes. That, I mean, that's great knowledge in the future. I mean, because we have a this isn't a small sample size now. So we either get it done, baby, or I'm not saying we're not getting it done if we finish thirtieth. It's fine. Right, I understand right, that. Right. Maybe you don't have the talent to compete with those other teams. Totally get that. But it seems like we kind of either really get it done or we don't. I think we came onto something. 
I think that's interesting, and I need to figure out if I'm going 7-5 or 10-2. All in or all out. We will do that with Wolfgang in the coming weeks. We are out of time, though, for today. Be good, Wolfgang. All right, say hi to the kid for me. I will, I will. There's Wolfgang checking in with us. Taking a timeout when we come back on the other side. Jimmy B will join us. He'll take over the hot seat again. We'll put a cap on things. Get ready for the night in sports. little baseball conversation and a whole lot more with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Stay right there. Back with more on the other side. It's Jimmy B and TC. We're presented by Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Looking for a spot? Hey, it's Monday. You just want to... Have a cold one after a long day's work. Stop by and see Greg and the great staff at Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road as we come back on the other side with more on 1700. And welcome back, everybody. It's our final segment here on a Monday. Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700. Uh, Trent, look, pretty much baseball tonight, and that's it. Um, I know we got teased last Thursday with the Hall of Fame game, and... Man, oh, man, that wet the appetite, and now we don't get anything now for a few more days, and then the NFL preseason really starts to kick in. But I'm going to sample a couple of games. I am going to pay attention to your Minnesota Twins playing in Cleveland tonight. Don't ask me why, but I will. And I have some interest as well in the Pittsburgh-Colorado game later tonight. Also, the Philadelphia-Arizona game. Both those teams are in first place, Mm -hmm. Philly and Arizona, in their respective divisions. So right now, those games mean a lot. Yeah, of course. And as you go through here, don't look now, but the Phillies are just a game back of the Cubs having that best record in the National League. So you're talking about home field advantage. You're talking about getting the team That'll be coming off that one-game wild-card game and uh, more than likely blowing their top starter to get there. So, yeah, it's obviously very important here down the stretch of the way these teams go. And and Cubs fans, the Phillies are on your tail. Jake Arrieta and company in that one. And, and you mentioned at the top there my, my team, the Minnesota Twins. It's the last yes. stand for the Twins. It's not yep. good enough to even win three out of four. You win three out of four even on the road against Cleveland. You still only pick up two games. You're still seven back. So you got to sweep it. Any chance at all of sweeping. So I posed this question a little bit earlier in the day to Ken over the noon hour. All right. I'm going to lay this out to you. What is more likely? Now, neither of these scenarios are incredibly likely. In fact, they're both long shots. But what is more likely to happen? The Yankees, nine and a half games back now of the Red Sox, run them down and win the division, or the Twins, nine games back, run down the Cleveland Indians. Again, neither scenario is very likely. What's more likely, though, in your mind? Man, oh, man, the Red Sox are just dynamite. Absolutely dynamite. And I just think that the Yankees were just really, really just rolled over uh, by the Red Sox. However, uh, I don't think Minnesota has enough talent Cleveland, Cleveland to me seems like it's a team that just sort of goes through the motions because they know they're the best team and they they know they can win the division. I I would probably I would probably say Minnesota chasing down Cleveland, just from the simple standpoint that I I think I think Cleveland's bored, I really do and. 
I, I think that they got out to that big lead. It was double digits at one time. It's now nine. Um, if they split with Minnesota, the Twins aren't going to be on their heels. I, I just, I just kind of have a feeling that apathy might set in a little more on Minnesota, where the Yankees are really a good team. Mm-hmm. They really are. And they can beat other teams because they will be the intimidator instead of being intimidated, which they are right now by the Red Sox. So I think New York could climb back into the race against the Red Sox if the Red Sox think, God dang, we are so good, and then all of a sudden the wheels come off for four or five, maybe six games, and the Yankees get hot. So I would say right now that I think I think Cleveland is already thinking about playing out the string and that might open them up if if this were a a a likelihood and I don't think it, and you're right neither one of them are likely but I would give the edge to Cleveland having more apathy than I believe the Red Sox cuz they know the Yankees are capable of climbing back in and, and the Red Sox are just so good I mean that this team is they so are. good yeah. top to bottom where Cleveland, well, it's lucky for them they have Kansas City and the White Sox and right. the Tigers in the division. And the Tigers, yes. And that, that certainly helps out here. Yeah, I think it's the Twins. Again, neither of these are very likely to happen. And just to illustrate that, if the Twins, if anybody is holding out hope, again, like I said, they got to sweep these four games to even get back mm-hmm. in the conversation even then. There's still five games. If the Twins play 600 ball the rest of the year, the final 52 games, 600 ball the rest of the way. They'll be 83 yeah. and 79 at the end of the year. That means the Indians would have to go 22 and 30 the rest of the way. Ooh. 22 and 30. I don't see that. that I don't see that. Happening. No, and and that would just be getting to a tie at 83 and 79. So it, the likelihood is not high. It's not good. But it's my last stand, Jimmy B. My last hope <laughs> with the Twins tonight in uh, that matchup. You mentioned some of the other good ones going on this evening. Obviously, yeah. keeping an eye on the Cubs. They're down in Kansas City. You know, a lot of people are making Cubs fans making the short trek down to KC to watch that one. Expect to see a whole lot. We'll get to see Cole Hamels for the second time yeah. tonight. So yeah. looking forward to that in the Cubs uniform. He was outstanding the first time up. So, yeah, a decent look around baseball. And then, do you know what tomorrow night is, Jimmy B? Uh, Tuesday. It all is day. Tuesday, yes. Well, this is another one that, that Ken had to notarize me on. What, what does Ken Miller love in August? What's the show that he gets into each and every year? I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's on HBO. Oh, it's uh, the training camp show. Hard Does it knocks. start in earnest? Hard knocks? Yes. Hard knocks. Does it knocks. start uh, tomorrow night? Yes. Training camp with the Cleveland Browns, and Ken is oh, fired yeah. up about that one. Now, I I don't watch it every year, at least start to finish anything like that. I'll, I'll catch an episode here and there. Sure. But, sure. yeah, Ken wants me to watch it, so I'll, I'll help out the partner over the noon hour, and I'll be watching that <laughs> one tomorrow night. So we get a little football going. I started watching Last Chance. You have been entertained by that over on Netflix yeah. about the junior college program uh, down in Kansas from a year ago, Independence Community College. So that's been a fun watch, and we're getting closer and closer to football. We got football here on Thursday night with the Kansas City Chiefs and their first preseason game. So away we go, Jimmy B. Football season getting ever so close. I'm ready, pal. Speaking of the hard knocks thing, did yeah. you see where they keep the RV 
outside so guys can just go to the RV, no media, no nothing. They can just go in there and chill. And they made number one pick, Baker Mayfield, pay for it. So that's on him right now. And Mayfield said no hard knocks cameras in the RV. So you won't be able to go into the RV with hard knocks this year. Yeah. Yeah, I found that to be uh, just kind of a sidebar to what the hard knocks thing is is all about. So I'll 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 sample it. You know I will, particularly since Mayfield is going to be a big part of it mm-hmm. with the Cleveland Browns. And look, you and I covered him extensively with his days in the Big Twelve. So it's not like we don't know anything about this guy from the standpoint of making that move to the NFL. I think it'll be pretty interesting just to see how it all pans out, especially now with some of the storylines coming out of Cleveland. Josh Gordon not being able to be there. Uh, they picked up another wide receiver. So this will be this will be. I, I think it'll have I think it'll have some more entertaining moments to it, other than rookie, we're cutting you, and goodbye <laughs> to you, veteran. You know. One other thing before we get out of here tonight, Jimmy B, and uh, I've learned that you love crappy football. You are all about the XFL, this uh, new Alliance of American Football. They have signed their first 100 players. (laughs) And, Jim, a couple of names that you might know on this list. Are are you ready? Okay. Yeah, lay it on me. Let me see what you got there, kid. Uh, Iowa State former offensive lineman Oni Omeli. He is on this list. Also former Cyclone wide receiver Dondre Daly and Kamari Cottonboya, all guys that are listed here on the roster with some Iowa ties. So a couple of names that might get you going. Uh, Let's see. Quarterbacks. Let's see if there's any quarterbacks. That guy's from Chattanooga. Don't know him. Alcorn State quarterback. Don't know it. Southeast Missouri State. Certainly don't know that guy's name. I'm just looking for a quarterback that maybe we know sure. here, Jimmy B. Murray State's quarterback. No clue who that guy is. Uh, <laughs> well, I think there's going to be a lot of guys like that. Yeah, this is uh, not exactly a pretty list. But you love your crappy football. You'll be excited about this stupid. Hey, thing. look, I'll, I'll sample it. I just want to see. I look at. I I sampled the XS the XFL almost all season long. Trent, I was a <laughs> you guy are the who one broad. Yes, I was the one viewer. I was I was the guy who was broadcasting the old USFL games. So from that aspect, yeah, I I always find this stuff different and entertaining. And if a couple of local guys land, like the guys that you just talked about from Iowa State, a couple of Iowa guys end up on it. Maybe a UNI guy. Now I'm now I'm going to pay attention to those teams just to see how those guys fare. You know that. You do that. I'll watch college basketball during that. Time. I know you will. <laughs> I know you will. And you got the NBA too. Don't forget. Speaking of that, Jimmy B, over yes. under numbers were released. We hit on that a little bit earlier in the NBA. So you got some studying to do. Need you to come back tomorrow, maybe with your best bets on the NBA. See if you can help me out a little bit. Okay. I'll do the best I possibly can. By the way, uh, my degenerate partner, did you hit? On the Hall of Fame game, on the over, or did it push? I got a push out of it. Just a push ah. is all that I got. So, hey, we live, we learn, we play with the half points when possible. <laughs> that two-point conversion, though, I was hoping, like all yeah. hope, that uh, the two-point conversion would have went in instead of last uh, knocked incomplete. 
and we get a push out of it. But we'll have plenty of football to fire at, and we talked a lot of football earlier in the program. You can always check out any portion of the program you have missed over on the podcast page, 1700 KBGG. Jimmy B, we will talk to you tomorrow. You got it, pal. Right here, everybody, bright and early, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, on the Big Talker, 1700.